Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. fans, welcome to Hitchcock Hecklers, your source for Auburn baseball news and discussion. Part of the E2C Network, a family of podcasts discussing Auburn athletics. Brought to you by the Auburn Baptist Campus Ministries, serving Auburn students since 1961. And the Auburn Uniform Database. Visit them at auburnuniforms.com. I'm Chandler, and this is my co-host Clint. And it was a, a decent start to the SEC tournament. Um, didn't finish how we wanted to. And ultimately, it, we barely missed hosting. Um, but um, what do you think, Clint? I, I honestly thought Auburn did enough in the SEC tournament um, to earn a host, but we didn't. I'm a little disappointed in that. Um, was really hoping to host for a first time since 2010, but making back-to-back postseasons for the first time in 15 years is a big accomplishment for this program, so I'm happy enough with that. I wish we had the host, though. Yeah, um, shout out to Beck Smith. Beck said that winning two games was enough for us to host. I told him I I thought we needed three, so Beck was wrong. I was right. Just wanted to get that in there. Beck, I was also wrong. I said for the longest time Auburn needed to go two and two in the tournament to host. So, yeah, well, I just wanted to get that in there. Uh, and you know, Chandler is never wrong. Yep. God, for, right. God forbid Chandler Fullman ever be wrong in his life. Get that right. But the Tigers finished the, um, well, they finished the regular season and the SEC tournament. They're they now sit at thirty nine and twenty one. Um, and you know, we went two and two in the SEC tournament. That's, you know, okay. That's an okay showing, but for Auburn, that was the best showing in 15 years. So that was a very good showing from, uh, the Tigers getting those first two wins. And I mean, it was just unfortunate. If you had told me that Casey Myers would have gotten the first loss in the Turk in the tournament, I would have been shocked. But that's how it turned out. But uh, 
can't complain about it now. And um, but to get started uh, with the game recaps, uh, Auburn led off the SEC tournament playing the second game of the day on Tuesday versus Kentucky in the seven ten matchup. Um, Auburn being the seven seed, Kentucky being the ten seed, and this was a must-win game because if you lose on the first day, it's single elimination. But if you win, then you get to make it to the dub- double elimination rounds. And so this was this was a critical game, and Auburn got a crucial, crucial victory in this game. Yeah, Auburn came out looking to host and come in through um, a long way in that tournament. Um, you know, the game started with one of the Kentucky players sliding into second with his foot a little too high and spiking um, Will Holland and had to delay the bottom half of the first inning as Will got taped up. And, you know, I I don't know if you can give that kid any more credit as gets spiked, gets taped up, and walks out there, has, what, an 8, 9, 10 pitch at bat, and then just homers it off. And, you know, that was – that was a really special moment for him and this team. Um, but, you know, I, I thought that Jack Owen had a really good start. Um, you know, he goes two and two thirds with two hits, one run, walked three guys and had a strikeout. And I think you and I talked about it on last week's show where Jack hasn't really faced many SEC caliber teams and, I think that really got the best of him against Kentucky. It was really the first time he had seen this kind of talent, and and Kentucky took exception to it and, you know, kind of rattled him a little bit. Yeah, I'll tell you, it was amazing, um, but though, to see Jack face the big Kentucky hitters, uh, Tristan Pompey, Cole Cottom, L- Luke Becker, and Luke Heyer. Um, Jack got through those hitters, and only gave up two hits and one one run. I think it was a solo homer the first time around the order. Um, I think it was Cole Cottom hit a solo shot. But um, just a a great great start by him. Got through the order once, and then let me tell you, I don't know what it is. What well, I, I do know what it, putting Davis Daniel in the bullpen could end up being the game game changer to our entire season. Um you can't I say can't enough disagree with that. You can't say <laughs> enough about this kid. He he went five and a third, gave up two runs, but had, had six strikeouts and just had a had a excellent outing. Um and then Cody Greenhill, the bull, came in and finished out three innings, no no runs, and had two strikeouts. But once again, you can't say enough about Davis Daniel and his performance giving, you know, after Jack, Davis Daniel gave Auburn a chance to win. And that's all you could ask for. And they made, and Auburn made the most of it extra innings with Edward Julian's walk off hit. But you can't, you just can't say enough about the, the outing um, and the performance we got from Davis. Yeah. You know, the way it started, you know, I think it was really easy to second guess the choice of pitching Jack Owen, but uh, I honestly was questioning bringing Davis in when we did in the third inning. And, you know, we've seen it this year that Davis does really well coming out of the bullpen, but with a fresh inning. He comes in with two outs on the board and 
I want to say two runners. Yeah, two runners on, uh, two outs, and gets out of it. Um, you know, Cody's been really good about getting himself out of the jam, but he's also been putting himself in those jams recently. And Davis kind of had that same thing with his two two walks and uh, six hits, but only giving up two runs on that I think was really big. And you know, Davis didn't really have that big inning. Um, gave up one run in the fifth and one run in the ninth, and that was it. Yeah, and Kentucky's pitching. Um, they started Daniel Harper. He had he's he's received seven or eight starts this season. But he struggled early on. Um, he he gave up four hits, gave up three runs. He uh, he threw two and two thirds as well, uh, just like Jack. But then their ace came in, Sean Jelly, and threw 118 pitches Gosh, and threw, kid. threw seven and a third uh, of no no run baseball. Gave up four hits and had nine strikeouts. And I mean. You can't ask for much more from from that guy. I mean, you I can't. can't. That, he is so good, and it's a good thing that Auburn got on the board early when we did. Um, you know, Jelly came in, and they were talking on the broadcast about how he had pitched, I think, Thursday night the week before. So he's on shorter rest, and he might be on a pitch count, and that uh, Kentucky was going to try and – you know, use him some in Tuesday's game, but hopefully be able to use him again the rest of the week if they got past it. But, you know, if you don't win that first Tuesday game, you're not playing anymore. And, and Kentucky, yep. as, as we saw with, as we saw with the uh, NCAA selection show, they were playing for their season's life. Yep. And, you know, Jelly comes up there, what do you say, 118 pitches yep. on five days rest. And, just, just you know, he did what he had to do against Auburn, and yeah. Auburn found a way to win. And I mean, Jelly is easily yeah. one of the top players. There's a reason he was um, was he top pitcher of the year last year for yeah, SEC, was, or was he, he was freshman the, of the year? He was SEC pitcher of the year last year. Um, and I mean, you have to feel for that guy. You, I mean, you have to because he pitched his butt off, and then Zach Thompson comes in and throws a third, gets one out, and gives up two hits, and gives up the game-winning run. And, I mean, you just got to feel for Sean Jelly. I hope he wouldn't be the kind of guy that would dog his teammates. But it's just disappointing to see that. Because I know if that was Auburn, and Casey Mize would have thrown a seven and a third, and then somebody would have come in and given up a run right away, that would have just been heartbreaking. Um, so I think we've seen it this year. Yeah, so so you, you you've got to feel for the guy, but at the same time, it was exciting, great great way for a great job by the Auburn fighting, continue to continuing to fight and getting the uh, W eventually. But moving on, Auburn uh, faced Ole Miss in the double elimination portion of the tournament. Uh, Wednesday at one o'clock in the second game, it ended up not start, starting till about two or two thirty, but thankfully Auburn got the nine to three victory. That turned um turned out to to have been potentially a huge victory. Um, 
in Auburn's hopes of hosting. I mean, leaving leaving the game on Wednesday, you had to think Auburn's chances of hosting were very, very good. Um, it ended up not working out, but going back to the game, um, you can't say enough about Tanner Burns. Uh, one of his, if not his best outing, one of his best outings of the season went seven innings, gave up six hits, one earned run, and had three strikeouts on 105 pitches. Um, and then Calvin Coker came in to finish it off. And it was good to see Calvin Coker get back kind of to his, his old self, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, Tanner went seven full innings, which tied a career high for the freshman. Um Calvin comes in and gets the last two innings, only giving up one hit, walking uh, Ole Miss Rebel and striking two out. So, you know, we, we hadn't seen that a lot out of Calvin recently and uh, really did feel like he was back. But, yeah, Rain rain and the uh, tarp at the Hooter Met were definitely the MVPs of the entire um, SEC baseball tournament this weekend. Uh, I think we had rain and fog every single day of this thing. And it was, it was insane trying to watch it, let alone for you guys trying to be there. But, you know, I I thought Tanner did well. Um, Auburn was actually held scoreless until the seventh inning. Ole Miss had a 2-0 lead. And this was a really big challenge for Auburn, having just been swept by Ole Miss, what, two weeks prior. And, And Auburn's looking for a big win. Auburn's fighting to host. Auburn's, you know, hoping to keep playing in this tournament. And, um, you know, Edward Julian with a big grand slam, uh, just just having a great first two games of the tournament. Uh, just just put it away for Auburn. And that's, that's what, you know, Auburn had done really well earlier in the season with putting games away and running away with it. And it's been a couple of weeks since we've seen that out of the Tigers. Yeah, that was that was good to see that again. And uh, like you said, you can't speak enough uh, to Edward Julian's performance in the first two days of the tournament with the walk off hit on uh, Tuesday, and then not only the grand slam, but the op- opposite field grand slam. Uh, I think I've said it on shows earlier but you can't say enough about how difficult it is to hit an opposite field home run and it was a no doubter too yeah and And i don't i don't know if they showed the highlights to you guys or if you saw it live but on tv they made sure to make a point of you know it wasn't much of a bat flip but as soon as edward hit it he knew it was gone and yeah. He he just had a fantastic trot around the bases and you know yeah. that with the the walk off celebration the the game before I mean that that's a fantastic start to one of the best tournaments in the country for a freshman like yeah. like Edward. Yep. But like you said, <laughs> um, when he when he hit that grand slam, that was just a great great moment. And um, you were right there with his parents again, weren't you? Yeah, I was. I was with all the parents, uh, and on Wednesday, it was it was a pretty cool moment because on Tuesday we had a few. I think it was me and maybe the Burns were there behind me, and but we we didn't have all the parents. But Mister Mister Burns, 
I don't know what got in his what got in his mind, but eleven thirty at night, I'm laying in bed about to fall asleep, and he calls me on Tuesday night <laughs> and says, "Look, super fan, I want you to get everybody together in the same section, and let's get loud, get make it happen, let's get them together." And I'm thinking, Mr. Burns, it's eleven thirty. I'm going to bed, but I'll see you in the morning. I'll do it in the morning. <laughs> but so we, but thankfully we got everybody in the same section and that was just a super fun atmosphere, really fun game. When he hit that grand slam, his parents were right there behind me. And I mean, everybody just tried to give them hugs and I mean, it was just a great moment, but uh, let's move on to Thursday's game. Um, versus Texas A&M, uh, and going into the game, you got to think, wow, Auburn is in a great position. Two, sit, sitting at 2-0 and on the tournament with Casey Mize coming to pitch on Thursday. But unfortunately, um, it just wasn't meant to be because Casey Mize, honestly, he honestly got outpitched by John Ducks. Doxakis, uh AM's lefty, uh went seven and a third with ten strikeouts. And the Tigers bats just struggled all day. Um yeah. only only to, uh, tallying up four hits all day. Um and I mean you just gotta tip your hat to, to the kid. Yeah, the Zakis or however you say that name had a um had a no hitter going into the eighth inning, actually. So it looked like Auburn was going to be the first team ever to be no hit twice after the no hit last year against Ole Miss for the first time in, in tournament history. But, you know, Auburn, a lot of people, especially the SEC Network guys, thought that A&M would further ace, and his name yeah. escapes me at this moment. But Mitchell, uh, Kil- to- Mitchell Kilkenny. Yeah, my guy. So – Dezakis was a, you know, last minute start and surprised everybody. I think he surprised even more people with his, um, with his performance. Just, yeah, you know, it's it's been obvious all season long that Auburn really struggles with the breaking balls, and this guy pitched a lot of breaking balls, and it really messed with Auburn. And you, know, you saw it with those uh, four hits, two runs, and uh, ten strikeouts. Yeah, and I mean, like you said. Um, I can't think of A&M's coach's name at the moment, but that you that was a bold, bold call on his part because he picked he he threw this kid because he knew that Auburn struggled hitting the breaking ball, and Kilkenny has has a strong, super super good strong fastball, but his off his off speed stuff um, doesn't struggle, but is is not his strength. Where John Doxakis, his off-speed stuff is his strength, and I mean, the coach made the call to throw the kid, and it showed, and it was it was the right call, and um, you just got to tip your hat to him. But at the same time, Casey Myers didn't have a bad outing. Um, went seven and two thirds, um, had no walks, seven strikeouts, but gave up eight hits. And that was just the story of the day. 
how A and M was able to kind of kind of hit Casey hard um, because they had a few blue pits, but most of A and M's hits were solid, striking the ball well, and you just got to tip your hat to them because, I mean, this is pro- probably. Um, if not the top overall pick, one of the top three or four picks in the MLB draft, and they they just hit him pretty well. Yeah, and uh, right. as soon as the game was over, Casey was interviewed and said he didn't have his fastball, didn't have a slider, didn't have anything, and and for him to go seven and two thirds with seven strikeouts and still not have his good stuff, let alone his best stuff. I mean, this Casey's floor is so much higher than so many players' ceiling. And um, I think he's going to make a quality first overall pick. Yeah. And and the, the Detroit Tigers are going to be really happy with with him and be able to use him. Um, it, it it really, really stains that that's now three games that Casey Mize has started in his Auburn uniform and Auburn has taken the loss on it. Um, yeah. You know, it – it, it, I don't. These these haven't really felt like wasted Casey Mize starts, but um, we've had a couple of those this season. But you know, this this one against A and M wasn't feeling like that. But to to just not be able to grab the win, I uh, saw a lot of people online questioning why it is that Auburn doesn't get the run support for Casey. And um, you know, I think I think I saw a tweet from Josh Vital of OA News, something along the lines of um, Auburn has scored like 30 something runs when Casey Mize pitches, but has scored 60 runs when Tanner Burns pitches. And you know, a lot of people tried to make the excuse that the batters kind of take the day off, knowing that they've got such talent on the mound and don't have to win it at the plate. But, you know, Casey can't do it all by himself. He can't score on the mound. So hopefully once we get into postseason, that that's going to change a little bit. And I think maybe the strategy on when to pitch Casey could also change. Yep. Um, but moving on uh, to Friday's game, um, I, wasn't, I wasn't even sure Auburn would get this game in on Friday. But uh, thankfully, the rain slowed up, and uh, slowed for, up. for the first few innings, it was just a drizzle. But then it eventually stopped. Um, but Andrew Mitchell, Andrew Mitchell came out looking really good um, early on. Um, I think he had a uh, a perfect inning. Uh, yeah, immaculate inning plus one. Yeah. The, the commentators were freaking out that Andrew Mitchell uh, closed an inning, striking three guys out on nine total pitches, and then he struck a fourth batter out the next inning on three straight pitches. And, you know, that was after that inning, they interviewed Coach Thompson on the field, and um, the the sideline reporter had to tell Coach Thompson before the interview, and he didn't even notice that it had happened to and they were losing their minds on it. And it was, it was really cool to see that. And, um, you know, we've talked a lot recently about Andrew and how he's done really well. And, you know, I think this, I think he played really well. His stats, you know, aren't the greatest four hits and four runs given up and three, three guys walked, which were the first guys he's walked in three weeks. But, 
you know, another strong outing with nine strikeouts. And, um, you know, I think Andrew's done really well to finish his career very strongly. I, um, you know, I, I kind of questioned where he was um, earlier in the year and going into the season in, in general, but um, he's made a believer out of me the last couple of weeks. Yeah. And that's been, that's been great to see headed into the postseason, especially. But uh, C- Cody Greenhill, Welby Malcheski, Calvin Coker, and Elliot Anderson came on to finish it off. But the Tigers' bats just never could get going. Um, Here, here's all- where the breaking ball really got to Auburn. Yeah, James MacArthur. The, I mean, you can't say enough about that guy. Um, threw five and a third, had six strikeouts, um, only gave up five hits. And, I mean, he was just a – didn't overpower Auburn. He just threw his off-speed stuff well. And, um, I mean, it paid off. And uh, Ole Miss got the 7 to nothing victory. But um, that ended Auburn's uh, turn- SEC tournament. And everybody was just sitting there waiting to see uh, if it was enough. For the Tigers to host, and, and I think the majority of us really did think it was enough, or Auburn was just really, really close. And then, you know, after you know, you got Sunday to play the championship games, and Sunday night the NCAA reveals the host cities, and of course they do it alphabetically, and uh, you get Athens, and you get Austin in Texas, and and no Auburn, and that that was a real gut punch I think for for me personally and a lot of other Auburn fans um you know I think the stats speak for themselves and Auburn earned a host um but the last team to get a host the 16th seed was North Carolina State where Auburn is going to be sent for a regional play in Raleigh North Carolina so you know you kind it it kind of works out that Auburn's going to play NC State to not only to move on to the Super Regional, but potentially to kind of showcase that Auburn did deserve to host. And, you know, hopefully hopefully we get to that point. Um, but I honestly, I'm just thankful that it's not Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, just thankful it's not ta- not Tallahassee. Yeah. Um, I mean, I heard some people saying we would be going to Dillon, Florida, where Stetson is. I um, have no idea that they were in Florida. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, it's only, that's only an hour and a half away from me here in Jacksonville. So I was kind of hoping for it, but I think Raleigh is a really good placement for Auburn. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm excited. Um, I'm going to be making the trip up there on Thursday, <laughs> and uh, I'm excited to to make the trip. and. I think we're going to uh, go and, you know, Duke and UNC are all there in a 10-mile in a radius. And you've got Wake Forest. So you've got yeah. four ACC schools, you know, within really close distance. And um, I've actually visited Duke and UNC before um, a couple of years ago. So, you know, they're, they're, it's a lot of fun to go check them out. Um, but, you know, I, I think – I think that this regional is very winnable for Auburn. Um, for the one seed, you've got NC State. Two is Auburn. 
Three is a uh, rematch foe for Auburn in Northeastern. And the four seed is Army. So Auburn's going to face Northeastern on Friday at 2 o'clock. And uh, Auburn hosted Northeastern in early March and took two out of those three. And that also included Casey's no-hitter that Friday night. So, you know, it's it's a former foe. And poor guys had to see probably Casey Mize again or a really, really hot Tanner Burns. Yeah. it should be a exciting, exciting matchup, um, and it'll be interesting to see who Northeastern throws because we threw we put six runs up on them on Friday night, fourteen runs on Saturday, but on Sunday they held us to one run and got the two to one victory. So I'm interested to see if they'll throw that same guy they threw on Sunday um, that shut us down. But it'll be a it'll be a good interesting uh regional to say the least um uh, and this regional is also paired up with the number one overall um seed in florida so if auburn advances out of this and things go as expected for florida auburn will be traveling again back to gainesville so you know what just looking at these teams what do you think are auburn's chances to advance out of the raleigh regional pretty good um yeah i i like auburn's chances um it just it'll all come down to uh which auburn bats decide to show up um will it be the cold bats or the hot bats um i think that's what it's going to come down to and um it'll be but it'll be fun to watch and hopefully auburn can pull out a victory in this regional when do you think Auburn will pitch Casey on Friday at two o'clock against Northeastern, or do you think they'll probably roll out maybe even Andrew Mitchell and uh, just kind of, I don't want to say take it easy on that first game. It is the NCAA tournament, but kind of look forward to holding Casey and possibly Tanner in the bag for an NC state or even army. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, that's what me and that that kind of feels, you know, all things considered, with Northeastern being one of the last four teams to get in. They're a mid-major. They're not a they're not a fantastic team by you know Power Five standards. But you know, do you quote unquote waste Casey Mize on Northeastern? I don't know. I think it'll be an interesting move. Whatever Butch decides. Thank God um, they don't pay us to make that decision. Yeah, personally, um, since it is double elimination, I I'm throwing I'm going to throw Tanner Burns. Um, yeah, that's a good choice against Northeastern because he's our second best option. Um, well, we saw it. We saw it the last two weekends of the regular season that that first game really does set the tone for the weekend. Yeah, um, Auburn threw Andrew Mitchell fr- uh, Thursday at Ole Miss, and it really got the weekend off poorly. And then threw Tanner Thursday against LSU, and it went well. So yeah. I, I like the idea of throwing Tanner, but I think Andrew has also done really well the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think I think you could see any one of the three guys: Andrew Mitchell, Tanner Burns, or C- Casey Mize. 
uh, on Friday at one o'clock uh, to open up the regional. Um, but moving on to uh, players, players of the week. Uh, Clint, why don't you lead us off? Oh, are you sure about that? Yeah, I um, I've, I've talked enough. <laughs> well, we honestly had to sit down and discuss this a little bit beforehand because, you know, with four games this week and bats going cold late in the week, it was kind of kind of difficult. And I think a lot of guys um, made cases to be featured on here. But I'm going to go with one of our two Auburn Tigers to make it on the all-SEC tournament team. And I'm going to go with Jay Estes. Um, I, I really like his consistency. Jay went seven for 16 across those four games in Hoover, uh, scored twice, hit a double, uh, scored three RBIs, and had three stolen bases, and was also able to safely hit and reach base in all four of those games, and had two hits in the first three games. So I think that was a very solid performance out of Jay. And he's, he's quickly becoming that guy to, um, you know, he, he's what the seven hole and he, he's pretty, pretty good at getting on base when Auburn really needs it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I think I'm going to have to go with, uh, I was debating between two guys, but I ultimately had to go with Tanner Burns. Um, just, one of his best outings of the season uh, through seven innings of one run, one earned run baseball had three strikeouts. Um, and it was just a, it was a critical, crucial game against Ole Miss and Tanner fought the whole way um, and ultimately earned himself uh, the victory. And you just got to tip your hat to the kid and, I'm excited, um, not only not only because I'm good friends with him, but because this guy is going to be over ace next year, and I'm just excited to see how Tanner develops over the next few years. And uh, so that that's my player of the week, and uh, just a tip of the cap to him. But uh, I think that does it. Unless Clint, do you have anything else? No, just looking forward to another good weekend of Auburn baseball, and hopefully we get to talk about a Super Regional next week. That's the goal. But uh, that'll do it for us here on this episode. Uh, you can connect with me on Twitter at GolfWizKid, G-O-L-F-W-I-Z-K-I-D. Clint? You can follow me on Twitter at ClintAU24, and you can check out my website, the Auburn Uniform Database, at AuburnUniforms.com. All right, that'll do it for this time. War Eagle. War Eagle. We always find our way back home. That's going to do it for this episode on the E2C Network. Thank you so much for taking some time to tune into our show. A couple reminders for you listeners before we head out today. If you're interested in joining the E2C Network team, make sure you give us an email at e2cnetwork at gmail.com, and we'd be happy to discuss that with you. Also, make sure you're checking out the variety of episodes on our podcast we have coming out each week, as well as our blog post on e2cnetwork.com. Specifically, make sure you're checking out Facebook Live sessions that we have called E2C Live and Auburn Fan Chat, where you, the listener, can get involved in the show and have your voice heard. If you're interested in connecting with us and giving us feedback, there are a variety of ways to do that. First, go online to iTunes and SoundCloud and Google Play. 
please subscribe there and give us reviews there as well. It helps spread the show and lets us know how we're doing. If you're looking to find us on social media, you can do so at Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and even YouTube. Just type in E2C Network, and that'll get you there. Once again, our email is e2cnetwork at gmail.com and our website e2cnetwork.com. And I want to thank the Auburn BCM and the Auburn Uniform Database once again, and thank you, the listeners, for tuning in each and every week. It's always great to be an Auburn Tiger and War Eagle.